0: Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. It's Monday. That means Father Charles Murr is with us. Father, thanks for taking the time and your busy schedule to be with us on the air again.
1: Thank you for having me as always, Terry.
0: Thank you. Are you kidding me? I'm excited today. I'll tell you why. And we're going to be talking about the life of Christ. That's always exciting. But also, I want to bring something up after our first segment. And that is, uh, you've got an endorsement uh, on your book Uh, about Freemasonry that is just outstanding. And I want to talk a little bit about that because it really uh, affirms what what you said in your book, what you wrote about that took place in the 1970s uh, was very accurate. So we'll talk more about that. Also, uh, just for your uh, good-to-know file, uh, many uh, people are following Bishop Strickland here at Virgin Most Powerful. We have a a weekly show with him after the Terry and Jesse show on Tuesdays. He just came out with a another document. We call it a pastoral letter, uh, and he's basically refuting the error that all men will be saved. We hear that a lot, even in the Catholic Church. People saying that, "Oh no, don't worry about this sin. You know, God will forgive you. You don't have to repent. It's automatic. You know, everybody gets saved." And there's even high prelates in the church, Father Murr, that think that uh, not only uh, about universal salvation, but those. Also, uh, at the end of time that are in hell, that we're in hell, hell will cease to exist. We have this thought, and this is just not what the Catholic Church has always taught. And we're talking about very high, I mean the highest officials in the church. This is just uh, not according to Catholic Church teaching. So this is why we, as lay people, are like, come on, get back to basics. Get back to what you're supposed to do in confirming us in our faith as people dressed like Father Murr, bishops, and even the Pope. We ask him to confirm us in our faith. So to do that, we're going to read the gospel. We call that soul food, as Jesse would say. And it's a short gospel about prayer. And then we'll take a a section section on Fulton Sheen. I just want to welcome all the new people who came to Bishop Strickland's conference on Divine Mercy and then the Pro-Life Dinner. About 2,000 people he saw between the two events. And we all got... Uh, I ask everybody to download our app to listen to Bishop Strickland every week out here at Virgin Most Powerful. So I want to welcome you, folks, the new ones. And just to let you know, there's lots of other shows. You can go to our website, virginmostpowerfulradio.org, to listen to all of the ones that we do. So the gospel today, Father Murr, I'll just read it. And then this is really Please. just simple uh, teachings on, the, on prayer, from right from our Lord's lips. I saw a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus was Lord praying. Glory to, to you, O Lord. Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he had finished, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as one of his disciples said to him. I'm sorry. He said, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, this is simple. When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone in debt to us and do not subject us to the final test, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. Simple, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's, our, it's, it's <laughs> Yeah. Father Murr, you know, what someone told me they said, "Why pray?" He said, "Why breathe?" There you go. Without prayer, there you go. any of what we're doing is total uh, a waste of time if we're not praying. Now, but before I came into this uh, interview, Father Murr, you know, I have a great love for the Blessed Sacrament. The church is available, so I got here about about quarter to five uh, to pray. If the Blessed Sacrament, why? Because I love Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament. And can I just be quite frank? How many laymen do you know, Father Murr, have a church where the Blessed Sacrament is there for us to worship Jesus in the Eucharist? Probably not too many. Do you have a couple other? other actually, actually, Terry, tell me. In in that
1: regard, you are
0: quite unique. Yeah, I think so. So here's my point. Why do I pray? It's an. I, it would be a sin of omission, as far as I can see it. For not coming to visit Jesus when it's so, he's so easy to come to, and I say this to a lot of us in America, especially when churches are there for us to come make visits. So, your thoughts about what our Lord taught about prayer?
1: Well, uh, let me address that. Yeah. With uh, with an observation that I learned from Fulton J. Sheen.
0: Hey, there you go. Because oh.
1: I, I think it's I think it's I I go back to him. Actually, he could have been one of my my. Uh, philosophy or or theology professors when I was studying. But Sheen said this, Sheen makes this note. The disciples ask our Lord how to pray. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And what, what Sheen says is that our Lord never refers to us with him on an equal par. There you go. He says, When you pray, you say our father. But he doesn't say when we pray, we say our Father. He said, "I am ascending to your, to my God and to your God, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: to my Father and your Father." He never says, "I'm ascending to our God," "I'm ascending to our Father." Wow, good distinction. He makes a distinction between himself, his relationship with the Father, and our relationship with the Father. For as as beautiful as the relationship that we have with God the Father. It is one, as St. Paul says, of adoption.
0: Yeah.
1: Christ is not of adoption. Christ is natural. Wow. And so he makes that distinction.
0: Yeah. So he says,
1: when you pray, you say our Father. All of you together say our Father, who art in heaven. And he goes on with the prayer. Uh, and it's quite a simple prayer. It's really quite a simple prayer. And it ends as all prayers do. It took me years to learn this, Terry. It took me years to end my prayers this way. And it's so simple, I should have been paying attention to the Our Father, to the model of prayer that our late Lord Himself gave us. Mm -hmm. To end every prayer, every conversation with God in fiat voluntas tuas. May your will be done. May your Yep. will be done. Beautiful. This Lord, this these are my needs, A, B, C, D, and E. But you know what? May your will be done. That's what I want. Beautiful. And give me to want what you want. That's
0: beautiful. And
1: mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's the uh,
0: that's awesome. That's the that's the
1: essence. Putting putting total confidence in God. It took me years to get there, Terry. No, telling
0: I, it. I, that, it that wasn't advised. it wasn't
1: easy. Yeah, no. I, no. For, for years of my life I was directing God.
0: Yeah. Well said. You know, uh, oh. this, you nailed it when you said, the, "Do this." Uh, the will of God is what we're all asking every day to do. I, I think it's beautiful that you said at the end of your pray, prayer, "Thy will be done." So Absolutely. there you go. All right, let's bring the smartest guy into the room, Archbishop Fulton. Full scene oh, ahead, Father Murr. We've been talking a lot here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio about the Mass because we really mm-hmm. believe. The Second Vatican Council said the source and summit of the Christian life is the Eucharist. And when people don't understand the Mass, I mean, we're, our Mass attendance is down to 17% here in America. I, I mean, mm-hmm. and in Europe, I understand in certain parts of Europe, it's even less. And I, and, and just yes. just a side note, just a side note I have to say before I full, give the Fulton Sheen quote. It's an interesting thing in France. Uh, the bishops now... Uh, are allowing more trinitine masses in france than ever and the reason is they said look nobody's going to mass the only people that are going to mass are the ones who go to the Trinitine mass so why would i want to stop them come on i mean it's, inc-
1: it's incredible isn't it yes incredible
0: people are aware of that Father? and i'm going to tell
1: you something else about france and this started about 25 years ago tell us. maybe even before um there's a crisis in priestly vocations, as we know. Yes, of course. Well, there doesn't seem to be such a crisis in priestly vocation for uh, for the Tridentine priests, the priests said the Tridentine Mass. Yeah. So all of these smaller towns, these villages in France, right. had a parish church. Mm-hmm. And that parish church used to have a parish priest. Of course. Well, now there aren't any. So all of a sudden, and this is the craziest thing, mm-hmm. Some of the mayors of these towns of these villages and many of them are socialists yes some of them are communists <laughs> have actually approached the society of St. Pius the X Yes asking them to send priests <laughs> <I didn't. laughs> you talk about you talking about odd bedfellows and, and you know father <laughs> this is and, a- and they, they, these are the, these, these are the people who are opening and these priests go willingly yes. to these small parishes well all of a sudden the small parishes are alive again yes so yeah it's it's amazing the way the way god works is not the way we think that he should work yeah and he works his, in his own way
0: and you know father i'm going to make a prediction as a layman just to thought the this movement's growing and i really believe that when the time comes for another conclave many of these bishops are going to realize these cardinals who are voting I, I hope and pray, this is my prayer, that they will see the devastation that's taken place, not just under the last 10 or 11 years, but I'm talking 60 years, okay? Yes. And that they go, wait yes. a minute, wait a minute, where's this? Yes. And, and they actually go, we're going to have to go back at, to our beautiful traditions of our faith and get back to true, what I would say, beautiful worship of our Lord, uh, and especially the Mass. And this is why, You know, I bring Bishop Sheen in because he has a statement in the the quotable Sheen about what the Mass is. So here's what he says. The Mass, oh, I got it. The music just came on. We come back, we'll get Bishop Sheen's insight on the Mass because if you don't understand the Mass, then your Catholic faith means nothing to you, in my humble opinion. We have to understand the worship of God, and that's what the Mass is. Stay with us. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show with Father Charles Murr and we are blessed by the best. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back after a quick break. Welcome back, indeed, to the Terry and Jesse Show. Father Charles Murr. We're going to be talking about Fulton Sheen's Life of Christ, but before that, I'm going to talk a little bit about his book and what's going on with that. But let me give the quote of what Fulton Sheen has to say about the mass cuz we said uh, that if you don't understand the mass you don't understand catholicism so here's here's what bishop sheen says the mass is the sacrifice of the mystical body of christ and is one with calvary which was the sacrifice of the physical body of christ the mass in other words is a supra temporal reality by which the glorified christ in heaven, prolongs his sacrifice on the cross by and through us. So, if we don't understand that that, that mass is a, is we're we're at that one eternal sacrifice, that Christ is not being recrucified, that we're present. And my analogy that I use, Father Merton, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Remember the old VCRs, and we record something, a show, yes. and then we'd play it back. And let's say we've recorded a football game, a Super Bowl or whatever. And you played it back. Did they play the game again? No, of course not. You were present again at that game because you videotaped it. So, in the same, it's not an exact analogy, but it, the analogy is: we're present at Calvary every time we go to Mass. How many of us realize that? And if we did, as Fulton Sheen says, the Mass wouldn't be boring to you if you really understood it. Your thoughts? I think
1: I think if you look at uh, at a word and you take it two ways. Okay. And the word is represent yeah and the and the second word is re hyphen present
0: okay yeah I'm listening
1: right it, they're both represent yes yeah. uh in the sense that uh the mask represents Calvary yes it's it's more than that of course it doesn't it. represent it in that sense it's it it represents yeah, that's a better term sense you've got right? it. yep and and so in a sense that we are Actively there. Remember that 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 uh, that beautiful Negro spiritual that I had sung on every Good Friday in New York. Yeah. I, I had a I, I had a, yeah. a singer who could just belt it out and make you cry when yeah. she sang. Yeah. Were you there when they crucified the Lord? Well, the answer the answer to that spiritual is yes, I was. Yes. I was there. When were you there? The last time I attended Mass. I love it. Right. Absolutely that's exactly it. And how many you know, of us really so, realize
0: that? That's incredible.
1: Well, th- that's the problem. The problem, Terry, is this. Tell and it. we know this. And this is it's coming down, it's coming down to the this has to be re-examined. Yeah. It's screaming to heaven to be re-examined. Yeah. And they're doing uh, a lot of authorities in Rome are doing everything they can to avoid it, but they're not going to be able to nope. for long.
0: Nope.
1: Uh, it has to be looked at. We have put so much activity into the Mass, so much uh, showmanship yes. on the part of the priests and a part of this. Uh, it, it is dis- I, This sounds crazy to say, Terry, but it's so full of activity that it distracts from Calvary.
0: Of course it does. It's the personality. Ad orientum, meaning that the priest not facing you but facing the altar. Yes. That in itself is, is something that the Second Vatican Council said but never got implemented. My point to you is you nailed it. It's all, you see, we have the vertical, right? And then the horizontal. We've lost the vertical. That's my take. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And not only have we lost the vertical, Terry, we're not left with much of a horizontal either.
0: (laughs) That's entertainment.
1: I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. When I said, what I said in one of my parishes in New York, people got a charge out of it. They started laughing, but they were laughing because of the truth of it. Yeah. I said, if all this is is a celebration, if all mass is is a celebration,
0: yeah,
1: in the in the American sense of celebration, not the Latin sense of celebrare, right? But of, of celebration, ha uh, uh, balloons, mm-hmm. clown masses, everything yeah. else, it's not even a good celebration.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: I wouldn't go to a I wouldn't go to this if it were a party invitation. Are you kidding me? A celebration for what? The point is the point is this. The crazy thing is. Well, this is this is really this is, this is. i me. I'm 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 staying on track, Terry. No, no staying this is important. Track. Mass, but I'm, I'm yeah. going to go off just a little bit. It's the mass. They are they are, they are approving, of all the things in the world. I I can't believe this is happening. A Mayan mass. I
0: know. I with
1: get. with pagan rituals great, included it's,
0: it's now let very, me let me
1: just explain something let me just explain something to you tell me in the 14 years that I was working in Mexico
0: mm-hmm.
1: I strove and so did many other priests to rid people of superstition
0: of course it's, it's very for example
1: for example even in very Catholic Mexico
0: mm-hmm.
1: if, if you can imagine this it's amazing. In very Catholic Mexico, many people—not all, the majority—not, but many people did not know that the Virgin of Guadalupe is, was is Mary, the Virgin Mother of God of, of Jesus.
0: Hard to believe. That, that
1: she's a, she's an entity unto herself. Well, when they when you woke them up to the fact of what what she really was or who she really was, they were excited. This is fantastic. They didn't know that. There's wow. a lot of there's a lot of especially in the south of Mexico. And in the coastal areas, there's a lot of santeria. There's a lot of a lot of superstition uh, uh, things with with eggs, ch- killing chickens. This, that, and the other. It's nonsense. Yeah. It's all garbage. Yeah. All right. Now, when the Spaniards came and brought the Catholic faith with them, the indigenous men and women and children of Mexico and of all Latin America slowly converted to Catholicism. Mm-hmm. I look at it as this,
0: Tell the you.
1: missionaries, not just the Spaniards who went to Mexico, but the missionaries who go anywhere, to Africa, to Asia, to wherever, what they try to do is they begin by accepting people where they are. Yeah. Where are you at, yeah. right where right. are you at, All right? All right, let's, let's start there. Who did that? St. Paul did that. Of course, he remember did.
0: Right. Right. when he right. went
1: when he when he went to Athens and he said, "Of course, you know yep. I'm I'm walking around your 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 lovely city here, ladies and gentlemen." Yeah. And I happen to come across an altar that you've got erected to the unknown god.
0: Exactly. Now, what's
1: that all about? I'm here to tell you who that unknown god is.
0: Yeah, I love it. Right. Yeah. But but
1: what he's saying is, I'll accept that altar. I'll accept what already exists. Let me build on it. Wow. All right. Well, when the missionaries went anywhere. They had to begin with what people had already—the natural idea of God and what have you—and then build on it. Yes. Once they built on that, then they started opening schools, seminary, getting native clergy. Bop, bop. There was progress, okay. and then they never got completely into the uh, into eradicating the superstitions that were there before.
0: Right. Yeah, that's that, was, that was another
1: stage, the next stage. Well, it stopped there because of revolution and everything else, a lot of social mis- uh, 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 right. unrest. It stopped there. They didn't complete it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, now, when I was there, and that I wasn't alone. Many of the priests and many of the local, the, the, the native priests, were on a campaign to rid people of superstition. Sure. Good. What are they doing now? Going back to it, they're int- they're introducing superstition and making it its own right. This is, I, I don't even know how to, I don't even how to respond to it. It's insane. Yeah, it's insane. It's really terrible. Well, but and, and it's also Terry getting away from what you began to talk about—the very idea of the mass yeah. as a sacrifice in itself.
0: Yeah. Right? Well, we've lost it. I, I again, this is uh, very sad. Uh, when we come back from the break, Father Murr, your book on Freemasonry, I want to, I want to uh, talk a little bit about Professor Mateo's backing your book. And- now you'd like an update? Yeah, like an update. Yeah, right. The introduction is and it's and the new version of the book has the introduction here. So I want to just yeah. talk a little bit about it because lots of what we're dealing with today that you just mentioned, okay really goes back to the infiltration of the church with Freemasonry. And uh, and I'll just give you one example. Have you noticed that when the Holy Father came out with his first, with this document, with his pastoral letter or his document on the, uh, basically, uh, uh, not the economy, but for preserving the earth, how... The ecology. The ecology, that was the term. uh, How the Masons came out and saying, yeah, he's spot on. We love what Pope Francis is doing. Mm -hmm. Now... I just say this, that <clears throat> your book is opening up not just my eyes, but many people's eyes to realize that we're, what's going on, we look at our head, we scratch our head, and we say, how could this be going on in our church? Well, I think what took place in the 1970s is really mm-hmm. uh, an answer to that question, and your book covers that. So I encourage people to get that book, and we'll have it on the screen when we come back from our break. I'm just looking at our clock. I think we have a couple minutes. So, uh, Father Murr, let me just ask this question. Uh, the Can you give us the background of Professor Del Matea's background? Because he's well known in the Catholic world as one of the most, you know, well, I would say uh, uh, sharpest uh, historians in the Catholic Church. Is that a fair statement, or am I overstating that? I, I think I think that's,
1: that's 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 quite a fair statement. Okay, he's he's Tell a is a, 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 a doctor a doctorate in history. He's okay. he's a a renowned historian. He is also a renowned historian, author of, of many books, and and a and an, uh, and, an authority
0: mm-hmm.
1: in history. Also, he is what what is called a Vaticanista. He's a specialist on things Vatican.
0: Wow! So,
1: and, uh, all right, so the, those people are called Vaticanistas or Vaticaniste. Well,
0: what are, and yeah,
1: go ahead. Yes, and, and and anyway, he he knows what's happening. He's he's reported on many 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 things, especially since the Second Vatican Council. Yeah. He he was a, a a younger man, of course. We were all younger then, yeah, but true. he was a young man, and he saw. He was already concerned with the with the the implication uh, uh, of things that were that were that were brought out in the in the council. He was concerned, and he investigated things, and he got to know people. He knew most people of 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 any rank in the Vatican. Hmm. Uh, interviewed them with some. Uh, he had uh, he had great friendships.
0: Wow. So he
1: he he's a he's an absolute authority. He, Roberto De Mattei.
0: And now he said that about your back he a book he said I know some of the facts that you know some of the main characters that Father Murr's book talks about and he said this this is like wow he says I can confirm the absolute historical accuracy of the events the author himself witnessed did Mateo wrote in the foreword to your book, Father, I mean give me a break. I yeah. know you well enough to know that when you this book came out, and I read it even before yeah. the book came out, that no, you, you were gonna be attacked and and said, yeah. Father Murray, you're making all this up. And you've been told. Exactly. That. Well, like, I got
1: I, Terry, I got letters. I got letters and, and uh, uh, emails from priests. Oh my god. Not just lay people, but from priests. Telling me that I had concocted the whole thing.
0: Uh, well, we come and, back- and that I, and,
1: and that I should be I should be ashamed of myself.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't tell you that you should be in a mental hospital. I, people said. Well, that- I, I I
1: think they I think they didn't have enough time to fill out the rest of the letter. <laughs> Otherwise, they would have.
0: You know. Stay with us, family. We're going to talk about Father Murr's latest book on Freemasonry. Stay with. Us. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. We're talking about Father Charles Murr's book, "Murder in the 33rd Degree: The Gagnon Investigation into the Vatican's of Freemasonry." Very interesting book. Uh, we now have a new we. I should say. I'm sorry, Father. I always think of I'm with you. No, I, I, I like
1: that you're joining in the struggle. Yeah,
0: well, I am. <laughs> I am. We as a as you know, your book uh, has new a, a new introduction. Uh, from professor de Matea's backing of your book, and so we talked a little bit about his background but uh can you for those who are are ignorant in the sense of without knowledge of your book, can you just summarize your book and then tell people how they can get your book? I know we have it on our website, but i don 't mind people just well i 'll tell you
1: I, I to answer the first question no i can 't okay. i can 't summarize it. Okay. i mean i, I just, just can 't yeah the other yeah i 'm going to tell you something I tried doing that yesterday, yeah. And the conversation and an interview went on for an hour and 45 minutes ah! trying to summarize the book. So I'm not going to I'm All not right. going to dare attempt it. it now. However, I will say this. Um, I was privy to some some very important information. Yeah. And I was uh, very, very close friends with Cardinal Edward Gagnon. Yep. Holy man. And Monsignor Mario Marini. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them. God rest them, yeah. their souls. Two incredible men, incredible men, uh, and Cardinal Gagnon was chosen by at the time he was Archbishop Gagnon. He was chosen by Pope Paul VI in 1974 uh, to do a papal investigation. It's called an apostolic visitation of the entire Roman Curia. Wow!
0: That's because a good
1: job. because two cardinals of the Catholic Church. Had brought had taken to Paul VI proof of two Roman Curia officials. The Roman Curia is the government of the Catholic Church in Rome, mm-hmm. in the Vatican,
0: mm-hmm.
1: of their uh, membership in uh, as Freemasons. Yep. Now uh, that incurred an automatic excommunication. So if you've got a cardinal who's a Freemason he's excommunicated from right. the Catholic Church. If you have an archbishop who's a Freemason, he also is excommunicated from the Church. This was brought to the Pope's attention. He was rattled, believe me. I bet. He And he called for an investigation of the entire Roman Curia, the entire Vatican government. Wow. Cardinal Gagnon, Edward Gagnon, did the investigation. It took him three years to do it. He lived with me. I lived with him. I lived with him and Monsignor Mario Marini. The three of us lived together uh, in a house in Rome, and we were very, very good friends. While he was doing the investigation, his life was threatened. Uh, The reason he moved in with us is because his own rooms had been ransacked, broken into, ransacked. His office had been broken into and ransacked for the documentation that he had been collecting. Yes. And his life was threatened. So he moved in with us, and I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you why, no, but we lived in the most secure house perhaps in all of Europe.
0: Yeah. That's
1: right? true. Perhaps in all of Europe. I was going to say Rome, but I'll go bigger than that. Certainly Italy and perhaps all of Europe. We had guards standing at the entrance of our home day and night 24/7 for years, Correct. right? you'll find out why in in the book. Oh yeah. But it's, it's a good
0: it's, teaser. It's an interesting
1: story in itself. Oh yeah. However, he was safe there. He did the investigation of of the infiltration into the Catholic Church, into the government yeah. of the Catholic Church of Freemasons. Yes. And recommended to the Holy Father that he get rid of certain people. Well, that was the year of the three popes, which makes the story even more interesting because it was the reaction of three different popes to the one problem. Uh, Cardinal Gagnon knew there was a joke that was in in Rome. Terry, it just uh, sort of, a, sort of, an, 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 not a great joke, but they would say Cardinal Gagnon knew almost as much as the Holy Ghost.
0: <laughs> that's funny.
1: From his investigation. Yeah,
0: that's cute. And he
1: was a, a very pious and saintly man. His recommendations were serious, and he discovered that there were. Not only were there, but one of the one of the most powerful men in the church was uh, a Freemason, and Gagnon presented that proof of that to the Pope.
0: And let's just be honest right? that that pers- particular person was in charge of picking bishops around the world for I think eleven that's years. Right. That's
1: right. I mean, that's, that's right. how Cardinal, important he his was. His name was Cardinal Cardinal Sebastian Baggio, B-A-G-G-I-O. He was in charge of creating all of the new bishops of wow. the world. But Terry, here's something else that just came up the other day. I've been saying this from the beginning, yes. but 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 so, somehow it clicked just the other day.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, John Henry uh, yes. John Henry Weston had, had, was interviewing me, yes. and, and and I said that the original mm-hmm. members of the Saint Gallen Mafia, right. The original members were all bishops who became cardinals, made by Cardinal Bajo, no Freemasons. Surprise.
0: Yeah, all that of makes them. Sense. That
1: makes sense. All of them. Well, this just clicked. Well, now now it's an avalanche of correspondence I'm getting from people. They want to know. I've been saying this for years. Yes.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah. You- I guess
1: I didn't say it in the right the right yeah. manner, but yeah. but that was it. Uh, the consequences of this are are far-reaching. Yes, we're talking about the 1970s that this went on. Right. However, however, the St. Gallen Mafia met in St. Gallen, Switzerland, every year. That's right. A small group of progressive, liberal
0: yeah. cardinals. That's right.
1: And they decided that it was time to have their own man as pope. Yep. And that's why, and they they discussed all of the ideas and changes that they wanted for the church. And this is a minority of people. Yeah, this is a handful of people. But they decided they had waited long enough, and it's time to, if you will, overthrow the church. Right. This is, it's that simple because that's what they wanted to do. So, in two thousand five, when Pope John Paul II died, they thought they had their opportunity.
0: Yeah.
1: And in that conclave, and I'm I'm very careful what I'm saying because there are men still alive who were in that conclave. Yes, and they remember and they know what I'm going to say is true. Yep. Was the first time that Jorge Bergoglio yep. was brought up. Wow. As as for to be to be uh, voted upon to become pope. That's 2005. Uh, how do I know that? Well. I was on the phone with Cardinal Gagnon, who was now then living in, in Montreal, and with Mario Marini, who was still working in the Vatican. He, he became the secretary of the congregation for divine, uh, divine worship. Nothing to sneeze at. Mm-hmm. They both told me to pray that Rotzinger, Cardinal Ratzinger, would win this election.
0: Incredible.
1: And that a, and that a Jesuit from Argentina, not. Wow. And then when they named the name Bergoglio, to tell you the truth, I had never heard the name. i had never heard the name before. Mm-hmm. That's why I remember it. Because I thought, what a, what a curious Italian name for somebody from Argentina. Right. Right. Anyway. So, but that's the first time that he was brought up. Now, today, I just have, I just was visited by a group of priests. Yes. Uh, um, an amazing visit. Uh, and they brought out uh, some things that I'm going to be sent documentation from Good. Cardinal Pell. Excellent, the late Cardinal George Pell. Pell, yes, and of Dario Castrión, mm-hmm. Cardinal Dario Castrión from Colombia. Okay, uh, I'm not going to give that away yet. No, that's because a t- I think I'm, I think I'm going to write a third book, Terry.
0: Excellent,
1: excellent. Do it. And I'm telling you what we're living today.
0: Yeah,
1: what we're living today. Is a consequence of that investigation of Freemasonry in the 1970s,
0: and, and, and now,
1: now here's the thing too, Terry. Yes. Since you brought it up, yeah. Uh, let me do this. Do we have time?
0: Yes, we got another segment too. Okay. I, I don't mind. This is important. This All is- right.
1: The, but but the when I wrote the book, yeah. the book, the name of the book is uh, Murder in the 33rd Degree, and it's talking oh. about the death, the murder in the 33rd degree is talking about the death of Pope John Paul. One, mm-hmm. Pope John Paul the First lasted in the Pontificate thirty three days. Okay? Right, uh, that's the title. When mm-hmm. I wrote that book, I, as, as God is my witness, I wrote it because I was thinking I didn't have an awful lot of time left to live.
0: Right,
1: and I thought I knew I shouldn't die. Before this is written, I shouldn't die before this is out because it's the truth and nobody knows it, or anybody right. who does know it is not talking about it. Right. So I wrote the book with the truth of the Gagnon investigation into Freemasonry. Thank you for doing right? that. Yes. I uh, all right. I drove him to all of his audiences with the Pope's. I drove him to the Secretary of State. I drove him to the airport when he renounced everything and left. In in uh, anyway. Mm-hmm. The point is this. All of that investigation I put into a book, when I published the book, I didn't mean for it to be a, a bestseller. As a matter of fact, I didn't think, I don't know, I didn't think, I don't know, maybe 25 people would buy the book. Yeah. I, it just, it, I, all I wanted is that it be out. Well, almost immediately, I got uh, a couple very nasty letters from a couple priests. Not lay people, priests,
0: yeah.
1: uh, accusing me, almost accusing me of lying.
0: Yeah, making it up. Of
1: creating the whole thing. Yeah. That that uh, that, that I'm a sensationalist. Mm-hmm. Actually, one of them, one of them actually said, wrote and said, "You should apologize publicly to uh, to uh, Archbishop Bunini, <gasps> who destroyed the Catholic Mass." And, uh, I said, "Yeah, that'll be the day. That'll be the day that right. I apologize publicly to him." Anyway, the thing is this. For the longest time, since the book first came out, I had no one to back me up. Right. I mean, I knew this was true, but Cardinal Gagnon was now dead, and Mario Marini died in 2009. Nobody's there to defend. All of a sudden, the book is, is, there's a company in Italy that wants to publish the book.
0: Hold on a thought. Right. We're just going to have to take a quick break. This is a good teaser. Go in with the, we'll talk about that publisher in Italy about your book. We're listening to the Terry and Jesse show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. To join the conversation, call 888 526 2-1-5-1. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Well, Father, actually, it's uh, Father Charles Murrow sitting in for Jesse. It's a Monday, and we're talking about his book, uh, Murder in the 33rd Degree, the Gagnon Investigation into the Vatican Freemasonry. You're talking now, Father, and you teased us about a publisher in Italy wanting to take, I guess, your English book. Tell us what, what goes on with that.
1: Yeah, well, um The book uh, apparently sold uh, well enough in the United States in English and and in the English speaking world that an Italian publisher uh, contacted me and asked the rights to to publish it in in Italian. Mm -hmm. It's already in Hungarian, Polish, (laughs) Czech, uh, and uh, it's being translated right now in French. So it's 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 getting a life how, of its how own. How about
0: Spanish? Is, is there a translation? Oh, it's also
1: it's, it's already in Spanish. Okay, yes. good. Okay.
0: ahead.
1: Asesinato <laughs> en el grado 33. <laughs> that's, that's it. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so the this Italian publisher contacted me, yeah. uh, and and said that they wanted to they wanted to publish the book, uh, and then all of a sudden I heard. I'm 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 a little bit cloudy. I'd have to go back and read my emails, but who was in contact with me was uh, Professor Roberto de Matei. Yes. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with the professor, he has a doctorate in, in, in history, a brilliant man, uh, written many, many books. Uh, he's an authority yeah. in history. Sure. And he is also, carry what is called, he's one, one of the smallest clubs of the world, uh, they're called Vaticanisti. Ah. They are specialists on the Vatican. Mm-hmm. They know, they know everything, all of its workings, uh, its dealings, who's who and what's what. Well, Professor Roberto De Mattei is in contact with me and he offers to write an introduction. Awesome. To the to the Italian version.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it, yeah, it's it, absolutely. I mean, my goodness, it was uh, what an honor.
0: Yeah, no. As a matter of fact,
1: of fact, I couldn't. I could hardly believe that it was him writing me and offering this. I thought. It, I thought this can't be true. Right. It Was true.
0: Right.
1: But what he wrote, mm-hmm. what he wrote, really stunned me, because he begins uh, the introduction. It's a it's a, a nine page introduction. We we honed it down to to uh I think it's four or five pages. <laughs> because you know what he did? What did he in do? one in one part of it, he gave away the plot of the book. Oh my god. Right? So hilarious. I said, I I contacted him. I said, Professor, can, he said, Don't you worry, take out what you don't like. Yeah. He said, You're you're free. Right? So I did. Anyway, uh, but what he left in was was the first thing he said was, uh I, well, he wrote and he said, I, what I want people to know is that what Father Charles Murr wrote yeah. is true. Yeah, that's is the bottom true. line. He, he said, as a matter of fact, I know it's true because I myself uh, had many conversations with Monsignor Mario Marini and with Cardinal Gagnon, who told me the same thing that Father Murr wrote in his book. Right. So what You've got the quote there. What does it say, Terry? It says, I know some at- of the
0: facts. Yeah, I was going to say that. I was going to jump in on that one. I know huh. some of the facts and know some of the main characters described in Father Murr's book and can confirm, and this is what I love, very clearly the absolute historical accuracy of the events the author himself witnessed that Matteo wrote in the foreword to your book. So, I mean, I mean if that's, oh, that's not great. an endorsement, I don't know what else the guy could say that says what Father Murr's saying is true because... I witnessed all this.
1: Well, all I'm telling you and your audience is this: yeah. that when you're the only person, and you think you're the only person who saw something, yeah, <laughs> and you and 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 you and and everyone is all everyone else is around you saying, "Well, you didn't see that. We didn't see that. What? How could you have seen it?" Yeah. I said, "Well, I saw it." No, no, there's something wrong with you. You didn't see right, or you didn't. I did.
0: Yeah. Well, of
1: course. thank. I didn't. I didn't need it for me, but yeah. I was. I was very. Well, I guess I did. I no, you did need it because a, I'll tell you A little why. bit of a bolstering.
0: No, I did because Father, what it, did is, it does is it endorses your book to say this is confirmed by collaborating evidence from other people saying that who are witnesses. This to me was critical of your book from my perspective. I believed it, yeah. but when when this professor came out and said it, I was like, "This is just what is needed to get." Well, and Terry,
1: out. Terry, of all the people, yeah, of all the up people the to chain, to, to to endorse it. And to to uh yeah. uh to uh to give it verification to say yes it's true yeah uh, this you could not ask for a, a better a better character witness or a better witness to the facts and Father I'm not
0: mentioning this to you off off the air but I'll mention it to you on the air even uh, wow. Abbot Boniface Luci who um, was a liturgist during before during and after the Vatican II Council worked with uh, Bungini who obviously had a big role in the new Mass, yeah. and he said two things to me, and I interviewed him for three hours. and I still have the recordings, mm-hmm. but he said, yes, Bunini was a Mason, okay? He knew that. Oh, he said he, that, okay. Yes, so another, another person saying, of course, everybody knew it, and it wasn't even, yeah. um, I mean, because he worked with the man. Now, he had a fallout with him because I asked him this question, kind of getting off the topic, but he, again, it was Mason, I said, he said, no, it's not off the
1: topic. You're on topic.
0: I, well, here, here's the here's the point. He asked. I asked him the question about the new mass. I said, "The mass that we're celebrating today. What do you think the fathers of the Second Vatican Council would say about what actually came out in the April fourth, nineteen sixty nine huh. version?" <laughs> he said, "Terry, they'd be rolling in their graves. This is not anything like what we wanted to see happen." And I only say this because it ties back into what we talked about, the Mass with Fulton Sheen. I really believe that Bounini, and this is what Monsignor Harris told me, another I, I, person that he saw, knows, so saw I witnessed to Paul. Another man who worked in the Vatican. Yes, another man right. who worked in the Vatican. But he witnessed this, and I think he even told you this, where when Paul VI signed off on the new Mass, he was upset that he... Uh, signed off after he realized what it was. And one of the cardinals said, Holy, Your Holiness, you signed off on this. He said, I was deceived by Buhnini. I trusted him right. and I shouldn't. Now, that's a fact that other people have said. So what I'm trying to say is a lot of this is coming out now, decades later, but it really shows how we've been infiltrated. Am I on to something?
1: Well, absolutely, Terry. And there's something there's something that, that, uh, that I discovered years ago. What's that? About history. Tell me. We know more about the ancient Egyptians today than the ancient Egyptians knew about themselves. <laughs> That's cute. We knew we know more about the times of and life of Christ yeah. today than than the apostles knew.
0: That's true. We know
1: this is what history does. Yeah. You accumulate all of this knowledge and you and you have it in the present about the past. Well. Uh, the same is true with the Second Vatican Council and its decrees. Sixty years have passed. Yes, we know more about what happened sixty years ago than we did sixty years ago.
0: Yeah, of that's course. my point. Of course, we know
1: more about it today than we did when it was happening. A lot of people have come out of their out of their shells and have talked. Yes, I I told you I wrote this book because uh, uh, I, I I look look. Here's here's the truth. No one in my family has lived past 72.
0: Yeah. Okay. And you're there. Now,
1: now I'm 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 now past 72. Yeah, yeah. But when I was approaching 72, I said, if I'm going to tell this, I better tell it now. I sat down and wrote as as well as I could. Yeah. Uh, uh and 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 the book is the is the proof of it. But to have Professor De Mate, yeah. famous Professor De Mate of Rome, come out and say, Yes, it's true. I know from I know from my own sources as well. That, Father, was, that was a booster, that was a real booster shot.
0: This show, I twisted your arm to talk about your book because we were going to talk about the life of Christ, which we always do on Mondays. But I really felt that it was necessary. So it's, you can blame me for this, not Father Murr. I'm the one who said. Well, no, and and te- and Terry, let me tell your
1: audience too. I'm th- very thankful that you did because. When you've got good news, yeah, you like to share it, and I'm just about ready to explore. This is one of the greatest pieces of news that I've received in a long yeah, time. Of
0: course, of course, it, it just—it's really marvelous. It's it, really marvelous. And if you haven't read his book, go to just type in on the computer uh, Charles Murr, and all of it, all of his books come up. There's not just this book, but other books that he's written, and all of them are very, very good. The title this one is Murder in the Thirty-Third Degree the Gagnon investigation into the Vatican Freemasonry. Father Murr, let's talk, because last week we talked about the challenges the Church is going through right now with the Senate on senidality, a lot of nonsense going on. I mean, I've got documents here of, of, uh, you know, we need to be more welcoming to, you know, homosexual, active homosexuals into the Church. We need to uh, allow, you know, people in second and third marriages who are living in adultery to receive Holy Communion? We got to be more welcoming. It seems that we've gone way off on our what we call <clears throat> traditional morality that the church has taught based on our Lord's own words in the Scriptures. And I want to just ask our listeners, and you can confirm me, but I praying we we need to make reparation for. And I'm going to use the word sacrilegious that are going yes. on in the church. And I mean sacrilege that's going on at at masses that we see, these clown masses, all these crazy things. But don't lose your faith over scandal. Remember who we worship. We worship Jesus Christ, not the Pope. And I'll say this again. The Pope is the vigor of Christ, not the superior of Christ. So he doesn't have the authority, I want everybody to understand that, to change anything that Christ taught, because we call that the deposit of faith, We call that the perennial teachings of the church. So we need to just pray for our leaders that they will confirm us in our faith and not walk away with a worldly view. Am I on to something?
1: You are. You are. You are. Uh, But that's a whole topic for another show, Terry. It is.
0: But what can we do as lay people to pray for Holy Mother, the church? We have about a minute and a half.
1: Well, we can wake up.
0: Yes, there you go.
1: How about that uh, for, to begin with? Yeah. Uh, Fulton J. Sheen talked about this as the the time, the epic of the laity. Yeah. I would say to the laity, wake up. Yeah. Wake up, because your clergy, in great part, are asleep Sleep or don't care. Yep. It's up. It's up to you to wake up, and first of all, to know your faith, to get to know it, start studying it.
0: Exactly. Because
1: it, it, it's it's not so complicated to know the Catholic faith. No. It's not so complicated. But it does require a little bit of effort. Yep. Well, listen, said, Terry. Well listen, Terry. Tell me. I, how much time have we got?
0: About, well, the music's going to come on in about 30 seconds, I think. Go oh, ahead.
1: that's too bad. Because I've got a, I have got. had a great story to tell you. If you can read
0: Well, give us real quick. Try it.
1: Well, Pope John Twenty Third was elected pope. And and two days after he was elected, he went to the hospital uh-huh. called Los Spirito Santo, very uh-huh. near the Vatican. Holy, Holy Ghost. Uh, hospital to visit an ailing, dying cardinal. This yeah. is true. Okay. He went to the back door after nine o'clock at night.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Imagine. Yeah. The Pope knocked on the door. A little nun came and opened <laughs> up the door. She saw that it was the Pope. She almost fainted and ran back and, <laughs> and got the superior of the hospital. I bet. And the superior of the hospital, of, of the Holy Ghost Hospital, came to the door, sort of a little bit of an arrogant woman, and she said, Santita, Holy Father. Yeah heo sono la superiore dello spirito santo said i'm the superior of holy ghost
0: yeah
1: I'm a holy ghost hospital yeah and he said he said Mama mia. he said beato lei. blessed are you he said i'm only the vicar of christ <laughs>
0: that's a true story that's yes. incredible yes absolutely incredible anyway, well thanks for sharing with that, that
1: with God. that I, with that i leave you but listen yes, Father. listen things are Terry, believe it or not, things are getting better. Yeah, I agree. Because people are waking up. Yeah. People are waking up. This is magnificent.
0: Well, wonderful. I think, I think our time is up. Yep, here comes the music. Father, Mur, how about a, a blessing for our listeners that God will bless them and that they will be faithful to the to Christ and his church?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Dominus vobiscum et cum spiritual. Benedictio de Felix, spiritus sanctus, super vos et manet semper.
0: Amen. God bless you, Terry, and God bless all the Thank work you do. You. Hey, one more question: What state should we be living in, Father Mur? The state of grace. Oh, you got it. You nailed it. Right. And remember, Our Lady of Fatima said souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Every action is like a blank check. If Christ's name is on it, it has infinite value. Why not offer your day, your all actions, your, your daily offering to our Lord so that you can tie it into the huge, beautiful teachings of our church on the Mass, the salvific work of Jesus Christ. You can participate by offering every action to Jesus Christ for the salvation of souls. I want to thank everyone who's listening and supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. May God richly bless you.